Life Remixed. Hi all, welcome to Straight Talking with me, Mark Wilkinson. Uh, we're doing a series of interviews here with great leaders, great service people, uh, people that are doing fantastic things in the community. I'm really over the moon that uh, Harry Singer has joined us today. Harry, how are you, mate? I'm blessed, bro. You know, so many people ask, how are you? And I, I've got like a standard line now that says grateful and focused and you know what, it's, it's actually a very authentic answer because I am grateful and I am focused with everything that's going on. So, yeah, but pleased to catch up with you, brother, as always. Thank you, mate. Yeah, I was going to say you're my most favourite Arsenal fan, but uh, one of my other mates, <laughs> one of my other mates, one of my other mates might have a word for me about that because he's a big gooner as well. But uh, you're up there, both of you boys are right up there. You're good lads. I love you. I love you uh, dearly. So thank you for joining me. I really appreciate yeah. it, Harry. Um, so we're going to go through a few interview questions. We're going to talk a bit about what you're doing and obviously your experience of of possibly your own life remix and stuff like that. Um, but a little bit of music, as you know, the DJ background is there for me. Um, a little bit of music. What's your favourite tune or your favourite genre and, and how does it make you feel? Wow. You know, you know when, they, when people ask what's your favourite music, when you've got so many things to choose from, I, yeah. the easy answer is it's eclectic, so I like so many tunes, but um, it depends on where I'm at. I mean, if you ask me one song, one favourite tune, I'd always say it's the, it's the Ed Sheeran one, Perfect, with... Andrea Bollicelli. Why? I'll tell you why. Not just because I was this soppy romantic guy. It's it's the song that I anchored for me and my wife. So that's why it's my most favourite song. So whenever I'm travelling or anything, I'll have that on my phone. I'll have it wherever. Um, but when I'm when I'm creating, it's like my genre is like, and it's beautiful because we're talking about remix. I I like music that's mixed together so I, i'm like you, it, you it's not uncommon for me to be listening to bangra music mixed with rap with reggae with all the different bits and pieces but anything that anybody gets me moving i'm on it i'm on it nice I, i've got the most strangest <laughs> range of music so you know i'm i'm, I'm all good bro there's so in, many in, in the dj in the dj world we'd call that balearic <laughs> <laughs> good let me write that one down next time someone asks me i'm balearic you're okay, balearic cool. mate yeah you, you can go anywhere with your music but it's great and you love it as long as oh. it's uplifting right i mean that's you know that's it that's music, it. music can change your mood you know it can reflect your mood but it can also really change your mood and get you into a position where you can just feel like absolutely you know buzzing motivated you know 100 percent. because there's so many songs that we've anchored into all the programs and you know there's songs that I'll come on to so I've got like 10 sort of intro songs those songs come on and you're like ready so yeah music is so important just sometimes it's the words in the songs and then there's sometimes just the vibration of the music so 100% I'm Balearic you are, you are the, my favourite Balearic Arsenal fan. Right, good. So listen, mate, you know, um, I want people to know a bit more about you. Obviously, you know, we we go back a few years now. Uh, you know, I saw you on stage um, at uh, the Success Resources event uh, at XL. 
um, which was fantastic. Uh, you compared the whole two days. You just you styled it out in front of thousands of people. It was it was memorable from my perspective. And I remember sitting there thinking. I'm going to connect with this guy because I like yeah. him straight away. I was I was sitting at the back in the cheap seats, to be honest, but I was like, no, 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 no. I, I, I want to reach out to this guy. And four years later, here we are, um, you know, just having these kind of conversations. So just a little bit more about you, mate, and, and you know, what you're doing. Well, it's like, as a, as a speaker and as someone who knows and shares his story often, it's like, how long have we got? Um, <laughs> but I, I'll give the short synopsis. It's... Um, and it's best to start like where we're at now and then go back a little bit. So, you know, right now I'm working with what I call elite performers in business, sports and arts. And what am I helping them with is to find their voice and to serve even more. And I've got to hear because of my, on my journey where if I start going backwards, it's, you know, I'm the speaker coach for people who want to become world-class speakers, right? That's mm. what I was focused on. But where I'm at right now is I, I want to leverage people who've made it in the world based on achievement mm. and bring them to the world of fulfillment and then leverage them to get other people to do with what is my mission. My mission is for, you know, for people to serve consistently and authentically. That's, that's what I want to leave my market. But it's, if I take it all the way back, I had such a crazy, amazing, colourful, whatever you want to call it, childhood. Mm. Uh, so growing up with domestic violence, an alcoholic father, you know, sleeping on the streets of central London as, as a teenager. Wow. My life got to so many rock bottoms, but it was, you know, the moment I was forced to leave home at 15 was was probably that turning point. And you could go one way or the other. And um, I just had been intrinsically guided to help other people because I always thought people had it worse than me that's why I thought so I was helping people so I was always constantly helping 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 serving 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 but uh, truth be told I wasn't looking after myself which yeah. you know my story it's you know so from the age of 16 I was already working in children's homes I was already being paid to speak and run workshops drugs projects you know charity poverty whatever it was we were doing that and I was I was feeling like I was doing good, but I, I just wanted to be busy. And um, so the moment I turned my life around with the likes of, you know, Deepak Chopra, Tony Robbins, all of these people at a young age, I managed to hit the world with the youth leadership market because showing young people how to get all the tools that all the adults were getting that were really transforming their lives. And that was a good 10 to 15 years of my life. And then, you know, the whole life coaching, personal development and speaking world sort of consumed me. And um, so really that, that's been my journey from like a troubled young person to helping young people, then taking this whole personal development speaking world by, you know, by the horns. And then now at a point where I think I'm coming like full circle where it's now a case of getting back to you know, getting people to do good, but doing it consistently and authentically. So there you go. This is my sort of life journey so beautiful. far. That's uh, beautiful. The halfway man. mark. And the title of your book? <laughs> it's a, the original title is still the same. It's WTF is going on because it's the number one question in my head. Like, what the F is going on? What's going on? What's yeah. going on? But um, after a while through, you know, publishers guiding me and everybody telling me you can't use that as a title it went from wtf is going on one child's journey through domestic violence to now 
um, how to turn your worst days into your best days. And, you know, that's still been my signature workshop, how to turn our worst days into our best days. That's a powerful message, Harry, really powerful. And I've read your book and it is, it's amazing. So, you know, well done for writing it, mate. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was powerful stuff. Um, you know, we all have a journey, don't we? Um, you know, and, uh, you know, we all have challenges to overcome. Uh, mine came in my thirties with incurable disease and bankruptcy, as you know, um, knocked me for six, you know, up to that point, I, I thought everything was all right. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, my friend calls it nature's handbrake. <laughs> when you, wow. when you're like, yeah. Stop. So, but you know, it was, um, it, it was just that moment of change and obviously, yeah, you know, challenging childhoods, um, you know, I, I can appreciate that. My dad was, was, not alcoholic, but he certainly had PTSD after the Second World War, I believe, yeah. undiagnosed. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of fear and worry about, and uh, it was tough, it was tough. But hey, you know, I started drinking at 14 and partying at 16, 17, 18, and you know, made a career out of it. But um, yeah. but look, we, we, you know, we've connected in, in, in a really great way. Uh, some people will know, some people won't, but I actually came on a course that you ran, uh, a speaker's course. Um, and yeah. I'm always reminded uh, when, I, when I'm talking about speaking and I do Toastmasters now and stuff like that, I'm always reminded of the end of the King's Speech, uh, the film, where uh, he stands up, he's been stammering all his life, he's stammering all his, style, all his life, and he stands up and he goes, I have a voice. <laughs> and I, I think we, we all have a voice, and I know you help yeah. people find it, right? 100%, 100%. And it's, you know, when, I, when I'm looking in your background and I see the title of the book, Life Remixed, it's it's a perfect title for so many of us that have overcome adversity because, you know, life keeps throwing things at us. And, you know, some of us, we tend to push it away, try and deny it, try and avoid it, try and hide from it, you know, and it's sometimes it's about taking all those things that have been thrown into life and then you know, remixing it because it's, I've seen you go through that journey. I remember we connected and, you know, I knew you had, a message right we we knew that so you know just seeing the book being launched for you is, is such a you know it's i always say tomorrow is never promised and if mark wilco didn't get his book out and didn't get that message out it, it would have been another one of those untold stories you know which is like a terrible thing so uh, it's been an honor to help you find your voice but you know what it's one thing is finding your voice and then like you say once they've got their voice some people don't shut up right but it's, that's what I'd rather have. And then it's a case of taking that voice and not using it just for the sake of using it. It's, you know, I've always said communication is a gift and we tend not to use it as so much. It's been used as a weapon. So, you know, people like you are now will bring that back and use your message, use your voice as a way of helping other people, you know, and create that legacy because your book, will will be part of your legacy you know when when we're no longer here on this physical plane yeah. you'll have your book you'll have your interviews you'll have the messages that you know from all of your ups and downs right so yeah, yeah it's, it's been an honor to see that in that journey because it's necessary so for it's, it's an honor for me to help other people find their voice because one thing I never mentioned was as I was going through those problems as a child it wasn't until I was 25 years old where I actually started to acknowledge everything that happened to me mm. and then I went from helping people because I needed to to helping people because I wanted to and then you know you know the rest is history and suddenly on a global level so yeah to totally honor your journey as well. 
Thank you, mate. Yeah, and my my mission is now just to help as many people. I've got my I've got my purpose up on the wall there. It says to bring joy to knowledge, inspire and create. Uh, and as long as I do that every single moment of the day, that's my purpose. And as long as I live my life in those four things, in those four ways, I'm living my life on purpose. Uh, and that that feels beautiful. You know, it feels strong. I feel good. Uh, and I, I love helping people. I, lo- I love making sure that people don't have to go through the level of crisis that perhaps I faced um, because you said you said you can go one of two ways I mean you know I could have I could have gone and jumped off a bridge to be honest when I was bankrupt and unable to walk um, you know but the bottom line was that you know I chose not to do that thankfully uh, and uh, and I'm here today to, to to help other people so you know that's the journey of life remixed and yeah you know like such as yourself Harry you know, we're here to serve aren't we we're here to serve we're here to help um, you know there's a lot of people out there especially in COVID which is a, a bizarre crisis that we're going through through um you know uh, there's a lot of people that are struggling now i am quite fortunate that 10 to 12 years ago i went through those experiences which has basically meant i've planned for a crisis ever since um multiple sources of income believing in myself giving purpose you know all that stuff that's so important you know and i promise you this reading think and grow rich and historically over the next 10 to 12 years there will be another crisis maybe even seven to ten years there'll be another one uh and we have to prepare for it that's what we that's absolutely what we have to do I mean, when you say what's happened here in COVID, I always say that, you know, there's the businesses and then there's people. But I always say any time we have crisis, because I remember that was the one thing of when when I first met you, it was like helping people get through a crisis and focusing on the positive side about life remix. So when, when we hit crisis, I remember 10, 15 years ago, Everywhere I was traveling around the world, when it, when it was like, when there was a recession, when there was this, instead of people asking me about the topic of what I was coming to deliver, that you'd have TV crew, you have radio stations, and, and they'd be asking the same questions. What do you think is going to happen with the world and so on? And, yeah. and I always used to say that at times of crisis, people get squeezed. Mm. And two parts, two areas of challenges are people... If you look at COVID, if you look at recessions and things in the past, people will get squeezed financially and emotionally. Yeah. The positive to it, you know, people always think it's all doom and gloom. It's not, even though I know it's really painful for people, is this, that people will get forced. They'll get forced to become financially intelligent. Yes. Look what's happening. People are like, oh, my job is, the, and then all of a sudden they're on furlough or they're on something else. And, but there, there's a part of their brain goes, what happens if it never goes back? Yeah. What happens if my employer decides not to take me back? Or God forbid, all of the self-employers who aren't really getting that support are going, what, what, if my, what if I have to shut down my business? What if I have to do all of this? And it's like, so then they have to go, ah, and many of them might go, oh, I'll go back to getting a job and then realize the job market's gone. So people are being forced to become financially intelligent. Yes. And what does that mean? They start to say, okay, what's going in? What's coming out? How can I plan for the future and future crisis because now people have got a little bit more security that they're going to start putting in place because what if something happens in three years, five years, 10 yeah. years? Yeah. So that's the side of the financial thing. So I always believe that people are forced to become financially intelligent. And the yeah. other part, but even bigger than that, is they have to become emotionally intelligent. Mm. I know, Mark, that there are people when it comes to crisis, they will take their life. Yeah. And not because of anything else, Many, I know many men who've taken their life and women who feel 
that they're not able to provide for their families, so it's better off that they're dead. That literally comes down to the amount of stress people are carrying that they're forced to become emotionally intelligent. You know, and I always find women, especially women who are are mothers, Mm. tend to, you know, have a stronger element of emotional intelligence. Why? Because they're constantly serving their children or they're doing something like that. And even if it's a father who's a single father, they're like, they've got other people to look up to. So therefore it's like, okay, I don't have time to be stressed. I'll get going on. But even they have to start to realize they now have to start looking after themselves. So I always say in moments of crisis, people are forced to become financially intelligent and emotionally intelligent. And that's a good thing because it prepares us for future crisis rather than just the one Brilliant. that we're at. So that's yeah, really that's a great point. That's really profound, Harry. Yeah, really profound, really succinct, really well put. You're absolutely right. Um, <clears throat> in every crisis, there's an opportunity. I believe I believe in China, even the word crisis even means opportunity as well. So, you know, uh, financial and emotional, you're absolutely right. And that was the turning point for me when I, when I hit my crisis, uh, yeah. my, my two large crisis, I would say. So, no, you're absolutely spot on there, mate. And I think that's absolutely uh, bang on and great advice for, for all, of, uh, all of the people listening. Um, <clears throat> I've just done an article, actually, and there's a couple of points in it I'd like to talk to you about, which I think are quite, are quite relevant to what we were just talking about. Um, so uh, I've done like five top tips to uh, to uh, navigate a global crisis. So I think there'll be a few a nice little talking points for us, to be fair. Um, so uh, number one is be your own security. And what I mean by that is that uh, if you think your job is your security or if you think your relationship is your security, then, you know, perish the thought, to be honest, because really and truly your own security is, well, is here, here. You know, it's it's within you. Uh, you know, if you're looking outside of yourself for security, then that's not really the best place to be to be looking. Would you agree? Hundred percent, both financially and emotionally. And it's a lot of the elite performers that I'm working with right now. I always say to them, "Who are you beyond your game?" Mm. Because if their game is business or sports or arts, their game can be taken away at some point. Right. Or a DJ, so, or a DJ, yeah. A DJ, right? So that's still in the arts. And I always say to people, it's like, there's your, there's the international economy, there's the national economy, there's your local economy, and then there's your personal economy. Yeah, yeah. And if you think of economy as emotions, like, you know, right now the, the media and the whole world wants to tell us how to feel and how to react to things that are going on and then there's this you know mass emotional feeling and then there's your own personal one so yeah 100 percent well if you translate the word security to those two things financial security emotional security um 100 percent all the answers you need are within you right yeah yeah Okay. Uh, the second point, create multiple sources of income. Uh, I know you've done that over the years. Uh, I had to learn that when I had no sources of income, when DJ, when, when I'd collapsed and DJ went, went bad for me in, the 30, in my 30s. Uh, yeah, I had to look outside of myself and I, I signed up with Kevin Green as well. And Kevin's yeah. taught me strategies, as you know, Kevin very well. Um, yeah. I've signed up with Kevin. He's a great lad. And um, I know there's some coaching with Kevin as well, which I love. So, you know, yeah. creating those multiple sources of income and teaching other people how to do it is, is massive, I think. And you know what, COVID and COVID on its own, and I'm not talking about COVID in the sense of the virus, I'm talking about COVID, the scenario has 
compounded that even more, that need, because you could have four or five dreams of income, but all four or five have been impacted right? yeah, yeah, by COVID. So then you're like, oh, what else did it? And I remember right at the beginning, I was like, okay, I need to get back to just focusing on the trading again, because the trading won't be impacted so much by all of these yeah, yeah. and so on. So yeah, 100%, it's, you know, people think of multiple streams of income as like, you know, I've got to have like five, this job. It really just simply means having incomes from markets that if something happened to one of them, you're not affected. So it comes back to the age old, don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's the exactly. same for, you know, like you said, that emotional security. Don't, I think don't put your eggs in one basket might be a theme of your five tips, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, essentially, uh, we, uh, we all um, uh, have the same amount of hours in the day. You know, we all have, you know, 24 hours of seven of which we'll be asleep. Uh, but the rest of them, you know, we need to be like really focusing on, okay, so how am I going to make an income out of that? How am I going to make an income out of that? Because so many people, I mean, I, I used to be you know, head of safety at Heathrow Airport on, on commercial delivery. Um, mm. And I remember thinking to myself after the financial crisis, I remember thinking Heathrow Airport is just this, just, you know, airports in general are just recession proof you never you know more people are going to want to fly for the rest of our lives it's just that's yeah. never going to change you know how wrong i was yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i mean nobody saw this one coming did they Correct. But, you know. Correct. and even, even even like you know the guys and girls who've got like many businesses when all of their businesses were impacted in one it is like a huge hit huge uncertainty that comes from that so yeah 100 percent. there is it's a good thing because it wakes people up and says, yeah. just because I think that's certain, let's mm. just, let's make sure we've got something yeah. else there as well. Well, I love your point about emotional and financial growth because that's exactly what, you know, there's, there's the many people that are on social media, you know, obviously being troubled by anxieties and worries and doubts and we can appreciate and understand them, of course. Um, but, you know, take it, take this as an opportunity to grow um, in order to, uh, you know, come out the other side, a stronger, be you know, better person, a continual improvement. So we touched a bit on purpose as well. That was point number three, find your purpose. Um, I think we've both spoken about a purpose already. So I think, you know, it's, it's it, but it's so important to have that, isn't it? Because you need to jump out of bed every day and go, right, this is my purpose. Let's go. You know, Pur purpose is probably one of the biggest things. So like, you know, when I say working with elite performers to find their voice and then serve more, the finding your voice at that level there is more about hope, but I call it legacy. It's, mm. And it's about finding your purpose or your legacy and living it. And I don't mean legacy and financial legacy. It's more who are you at your core and bringing it to your everyday yeah. game, life, relationships and so on. Just like you say, you can see what your purpose is right in front of you on your wall, wherever you're looking, and it allows you to do it in the moment. You're living your purpose, just me and you having yep. this interview. Yep. You can be you know, living your purpose even when you're at Chelsea, whether you're winning or losing, right? Yep. You, can, you can do that. And that's, that's really, really important that people who who are achievers who you know constantly doing things it's they've got to know who they are mm. beyond all the achievement mm. and then get to that purpose because that's where you'll tap into fulfillment so you're 100 
I think I think the thing for me when I was DJing particularly, there was a lot of ego going on in there. Uh, you know, it was all about me, 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 you know, aren't I great? And and then obviously beating myself up as an achiever, I'm not doing well enough, all this kind of stuff. And actually, really, really important to actually understand that, you know, it's not about me at all. It's not about me. I, I've written this book, but it's to, the strategies in it are to help other people. You know, my story is intertwined through it, but the bottom line is these are strategies to help other people find their way. Um, you know, uh, we put a lot on gratitude and focus exactly what you said at the start harry which is why we're, we're you and me are in vibration which is great um, next, next point is, go on mate sorry even, even before we get there's probably a key point in that that my experience from interviewing and working with elite performers and so on who people think you know they've all got it they've got it made they're at the top of their game the challenge i found is that they tend to link their self-esteem to their performance and oh, yeah. their achievement. Oh, yeah. And what that means is if you're winning in business, if you're winning in sports, if you're winning in arts, you're up here. But when you're not, boom, mm. crashed. So this is where knowing your purpose is like, well, I, I still manage to do the do, be who I am and therefore you get that element of like peace. I was asked the other day, I was asked by the other day by another DJ saying, how do you replace this, that euphoria, that feeling? Because, because I'm struggling, you know, bless him, lovely message. He said, I'm struggling. I don't know how to get past this. And, and how do you do it? And, and we just hit the nail on the head. I mean, I was a DJ, right? That was my identity, DJ, DJ, producer, remixer. That was it. That's, that was Mark. That was it. You know, I'm Mark. I'm a DJ. I'm a producer. And, but it was only when all of that was stripped away uh, and I was bankrupt living in my mum's spare room at 38 years of age. That that was the moment where it all got stripped away, and actually, I, I could actually just find myself again and go, "Well, actually, well, not again, just find myself," and then actually start to live a life of purpose. And 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 that was really beautiful. And and, and it leads me on to the next point, actually, which is put your health at the forefront. When I had nothing going on and I was struggling, um, I ran four marathons. Uh, I've never been healthier. <laughs> so you grab the positive. But what do you do for health? What's your what's your thing? You know. You know what it is? Um, health used to be like something that I intellectually thought was really important. But in reality, it was like serving, 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 and contribution was like right up there, right? Mm. Learning, 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 growing, growing, growing was always there, right? And finance and wealth were like, you know, finance. So wealth was like a byproduct of serving. But health was something you had to take care of yourself. Right? Uh, yeah. And it was always a case of it was that little thing that you'd leave behind. And I'm always, I'm a big passionate believer in it's about rituals and lifestyle. Mm. So I may not be the most fittest athletic, but the one thing I've realized is for me to perform at the lifestyle I want, I have to take care of my health. There's a there's yeah. a there's like some non-negotiables. As long as you've got your non-negotiables in place, like I'm constantly drinking some sort of green drink, right? There yeah, are man. times just before before I'm about to go and deliver a tour or an event, you know, those two weeks before, I go into like as if I'm about to run like, you know, a race. Right. So there are so many things that we can do when we need to, but the most important things for my health is always the non-negotiables is water. Mm -hmm. um, so the breathing and the water every day I'm doing breathing. I'm doing, I'm drinking loads of purified water and so on. And then the second part is 
the emotional gratitude flood that I do every day. Those are the three. And I, I set myself up for success. It was like, oh, if you haven't worked out that, no, it's not about that. As long as I'm doing my breathing, as long as I'm drinking notes of water, and as long as I'm doing my gratitude flood, that's my main point for my health, my physical health, my emotional health. Um, and then, you know, COVID has been great because I'm not running around everywhere. I can get yep. my rituals back into place. So, yep. you know, yep. got my juicer there, got everything blending and so on. So, yeah, it comes down health. When it comes down to health, it's, there's too many people telling people, here's what you've got to do. Do yeah. this, do this, do this, do that. I, my only advice I would give to people is choose what lifestyle you want. Yeah. And then find what the non-negotiables are to give you that health and the energy that you need to the standard that you want to set. It simply is a standard. And um, the, the non-negotiables are that. They're non-negotiable. So, that's good, um, mate. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really strong. I yeah, I think it's about decision, isn't it? It's about making those decisions and then sticking to them. Life is a series of decisions, um, you know, and it's so important just to decide, right, okay, I mean, I was working in a corporate job. I wasn't particularly happy. My body was flaring up again, even like three, four, five years ago. Um, and uh, I, I knew the power of goal setting because I finished the London Marathon by planning and getting through that you know, four times. So um, I was kind of like, right, okay, I know I need to plan. I need to plan this out. So I wrote down what my perfect day was, get up in the morning, uh, set an you know, don't set an alarm, wake up when I feel like waking up, which is just natural, Ex drink water, exercise. Yeah. And these are like non-negotiables. These are things that I do. And then I go out and live to your purpose. And then at the end of the day, have a bit of me time with me and the missus and, and everything else. And it's, 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 yeah. it's not rocket science, but so many no, people miss it. Don't you, just, see, you said, the, you said the keyword science. One of my clients is the sports scientist for Arsenal, right? Brilliant. So he's working with elite professional football. Yeah. What he would tell me, to do with regards to health you know you're, you're on a on another level and i'm like unless i'm going to choose to become a professional footballer you know i think I, you might have left it too late harry to be yeah, well, I, <laughs> never, never say never right there's another <laughs> remix that's coming still got it <laughs> yeah but you see what i'm saying there's the, the science behind it and i always say there's that fine balance of science and art mm. And stop mixing the two. Don't use science for art and don't use art for science. So that's why I say it's a personal choice. You will know. And if, you're, if your health is not where you want it to be, then you've got to do something about it. If that's you're right. like, okay, I'm a work in progress, it's great. But if I could give you anything that give peace of mind, choose the rituals that are non-negotiable and build upon them. That, that's what I would say. And my last point on this particular article is calm down, speed up. What do you reckon about that? <laughs> that's life though isn't it that's life it's because it's you know if we're constantly uh, anybody it just goes back to health if you go back to a sports scientist they, they will tell you the importance of rest yeah yeah and um, so calm down a bit you can't uh, i'll add to what you said you can't speed up if you haven't calmed down yes very good it's yeah. literally like you can't keep going if you can't take a breath mm. right? so you know when we climbed Kilimanjaro it was like all paradigms went upside down it was <laughs> like I'm freezing cold I want to stop no if you stop you are going to freeze to death I, what are you yeah. talking about then I realized oh I've got to keep moving to keep my body going warm and it was different shifts so I'd always say to you those of you that are you know want to speed up 100% you've got to have spaces of calm 
I think you're right. I think for, for, for me, the calmer the calmer I've become, the quicker life seems to be going because I'm so calm. I'm doing all these businesses and moving all this stuff and making it all work in a very calm way. Uh, and it's actually a beautiful way to live. 100%. It's, in other words, that calmness in the storm, the stillness in the chaos, mm. and that can come from no, and just knowing that you can be still and calm in the chaos is probably... Yeah, the biggest thing that you can do because, and it, you know what? There's some practical things to that. It's like uh, I don't take my phone and put it by my bedside anymore. Mm. Yeah, the whole thing about social media and all the rest of it and stuff. But you know what? What it was was it allows me to keep my non-negotiables going because if my yeah. phone is buzzing straight away, and then. What is going to make me speed up and get my attention? Will be my phone, will be checking emails, will be taking calls or whatever. But whilst that's not happening, mm. get ready, replenish, bang, then rock and roll, and then switch off again. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's, you know, my, I, I remember putting a post out, my uh, phone usage, you know, it comes up, it pops up, oh, yeah. daily average, I, I dropped 90%. Wow. On a daily average, I was using, and I haven't checked what it is, but my daily average is about 30 minutes a day on my phone. And I think you like, use that, wow. you know, we've been given all these tools, you know, I mean, we've been given a mind, we've been given a body, uh, you know, we've been given a phone, we've been given all these amazing tools. Don't let them rule you. You know, use them, use them as tools. You know, that's my money. Money's a tool. You know, it's, it's like, you know, use the tools. Um, but don't allow don't them be, to... Don't be used by them. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so a couple more quick questions, mate. Um, sure. So tell some, tell some of the viewers here something that most people don't know about you. That's I think a, people already told them. I, mean, I was, was going to say, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, that's a tricky one. This crazy thing about social media, it's like um, yeah. everyone seems to know... I know everything about you, Harry. <laughs> right? But it's, I think it's the... And I'm... They think they do. Yeah, and yeah. that's why your question, it's like, I, I'm still thinking because there are many, actually there are many things that people won't know about me and so yeah. on. And it's, um, and that's because, you know, we've kept it private and, mm. I, you know, we have family rules about, I don't, I don't yeah. share anything about my kids and my wife unless I seek permission first, right? Nice. So all of those different things. So, um something that people won't know about, and I probably never shared with others too often is that is this a world exclusive I, mm, well i think <laughs> no no it's not world exclusive <laughs> just don't share it too often because of because you'll find out why um i and it, it's really important that once i say what it is i have to make sure that i give yeah. the backstory to Frame it. it and what it was was um, i set fire to a chemistry lab at school Okay. And if you just leave it at that, it's yeah, like, I'll okay. Be, I'll, right, be, I'll hang up now. I'll be left. <laughs> I'll, and I've said it in different ways. I blew up a chemistry lab at school and yeah. I'll be left with a label of a terrorist. Right? Okay. Yeah. So, I, you know, my version of it was I saved Raymond's life. So basically, we were in a chemistry lab at school and, you know, they, there's a chemical substance, a blue, I remember it like it was yesterday, right? Yeah. And it's called benzene. And yeah. you, the teacher said, you know, you hold it in the tongs, and she said, don't, and there's a Bunsen burner, do not pass this over the Bunsen burner. So okay. what, what Seems happens like good advice. you tell, you tell a 15-year-old, don't put that over a Bunsen burner, and leave the room, and curiosity got the better of me, and I passed it over, 
<laughs> so the whole bench that we were on, you remember those wooden yeah. chemistry benches yeah. on fire and the whole room is screaming. The teacher came back into the room and she's standing at the back of the room screaming. She's frozen and Raymond, my friend, is on the other side of the bench. So I reach for one of those big blanket fire things that, and I put the flames out and I'm a hero. <laughs> But I wasn't. <laughs> I, I was taken downstairs to see the headmaster and so on. Yeah. And it was so close to being kicked out of school because yeah, yeah. You know, this chemistry teacher literally said, you know, he tried to kill everybody, like set the chemistry lab on fire. And they were asking Raymond. Raymond was just in shock. Right? So um, not too many people know that no, about no, me. That's but an it's like, story. Um, yeah, that. It's one of those, and I, you know, of all my, all of my uh, exams and so on, uh, I was predicted to foul my chemistry exam, <laughs> but uh, I managed to pass, much to her surprise and so on. So, well done, uh, mate. Well, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and and, and I think lesson learned. Yeah, lesson learned. Keep me away yeah. from chemistry, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Perhaps listen to the expert once in a while. <laughs> no, no. The real lesson is: do not tell people what yeah. not to do yeah. when yeah. they're at that curious age. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true enough. Yeah, it's about. I mean, I heard a, I heard a great um, quote actually that the, the word uh, education actually comes from the Greek word, which is educo. Uh, and what it actually means is to draw out from within. Exactly right. So, you know, it actually means to draw out from within. So it's not about telling someone how much they remember. And it's not about telling them do, don't, do the, you know, it's actually about let's make you the best possible version of yourself. And if if we learn that or if we learn that a bit more in a school system, I think we probably have, um, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think my lesson is, is actually just tell me don't pass it over a flame. The whole <laughs> lab might blow up. Yeah. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have done it. There's yeah. probably other people in the class that probably would have. Well, yeah, no, okay. so, yeah, I, I believe the phrase is we, li we live and learn, mate. We live and learn. <laughs> um, right, so last question, mate. It's, thank you so much for this. It's been really enlightening. I've, I've, loved, uh, I've loved speaking with you. Um, 2020, now you, you, you touched on it earlier, 2020 vision, my 2020 vision would not have been like this at all. Um, but uh, 2020's thrown us a right curveball. You know, I know you've said, obviously, it's been an opportunity to sort of grow and not be running around and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, Really and truly, you know, in every crisis, there's an opportunity. But, you know, how has it been for you? Um, what positives, you know, have you taken from it that you're really happy to share with and, and then obviously grow into 2021? Sure, 100%. Um, and I think just one taking one step back, I remember when we when we hit the millennium and it was 20, you know, year 2000. Mm. And at year 2000, everybody got on this. We're going to set goals for 2020. Oh, well, yeah. Right. It was like, that was it. Set the 2020 goals. Because what, what does 2020 relate to? And you said, you said, what's your vision? 2020's vision, right? Mm. That's why everybody was like, oh, we've got a 2020 vision. It all sounded really cool. And most of the people that set these amazing visions and so on, some made it, some didn't. Some exceeded those visions. Right? But now what 2020 has been for me is for people to see the world as it is. Right? Uh, when you think of the biggest challenges on the planet, and people disagree as well, right? It's okay. You know, if I sit there and think, you know, the climate, if I think about, you yeah. know, uh, modern day slavery and trafficking and so on, these are what I personally see as modern day challenges. And it's it's been really good for people to open their eyes to these. And COVID, when you think about, what have been the great things? But if, if I, let me just, when I say them, let me go through the 
not so great things on COVID because I want to make sure people understand it's real, right? Yeah. So one, people saw me, you know, I travel five, six concerts every single year and people are like, oh, you're so lucky you get to travel and you do all of this. And then when I'm not, like literally, I think my last tour was Australia and then that was it in like February, March. And I had about five gigs planned for March. All of them went down. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, I was quite happy about not traveling because I was now with my family more often. But after a while, you're like, I don't need to travel. I want to. It mm. gives me fulfillment. Yeah. But I'm constantly looking for what was great from this, oh, I just want I'd look out and you would see the skies. There were no planes in the skies. You would see nature have a reset. And I thought, wow, for challenges we've got in our climate, COVID brought a beautiful gift, right? Because you just think the amount of pollution, you know, people not spreading, whatever they were doing, there was, there was that positive side. Yeah. Another downside was me actually losing three people you know, that were very close to me, two members of my family, you know, passed away from COVID. Sorry and, you know, not being able to mourn with family, not being able to be with cousins and mm. so on, and not being able to go to a funeral, all of, mm. all of these things made it real that it's not a nice time to be in. It's the winter of life, right? And then when you start to look at, what came from it, what positives and so on, and then put that vision, mm. I already had a plan to switch from being the speaker coach and doing it continuously. I feel I impacted the industry enough to the point where I wanted to bring back authenticity as a main focus point and to you know, put a little dent into this, what I was called a cracking new sales processes that were taking place. They still do, but I think people are enlightened enough to know there's ethical ways to sell and doing things. So I think I had done what I planned to do for those five years. So that's why my plan was always to create a world-class speakers academy and have a team run that. And COVID allowed me to, instead of doing it at the end of 2020, we started to set it all up yeah, nice. in March and April and May. And then it's, it's allowed me, when you talk about vision, it's going into the internal vision of who you are, what do you want to do, where do you want to go? And like, you know, both of us, it's like 1970 babies, we turned 50, right? And I was like, I... I was like ready to have my 50th birthday yeah. year, right? Yeah. I was going to be in Hawaii 5-0 to celebrate my 5-0, right? Yeah, yeah. Gone. But <laughs> yeah. then I was like, cool, let's do this. So that's what it's done is COVID has allowed me to come back to going, what do you want to do? And it's allowed me to get so much clarity. When you talk about vision, vision isn't just about what's my vision, what do I want to achieve? Vision is about having clarity about the here and now. And I got so clear. My foundation, we were doing so many things. Remember, it was there was youth leaderships, women's empowerment, trafficking and homelessness. These were all the things. So I told the foundation team, here's what we're going to focus on. Youth leadership and women's empowerment. Will I still do traffic? Will I still serve that whole area of trafficking and homelessness? Yes, it's what I do. But it won't be something that I 
you know, there's not there's too much complexity. It starts too many things. But I'm on that mission that we're constantly serving youth leadership and women's empowerment. The rest I will do as and when. Then when it came to business, World Class Speakers Academy takes care of speaking. But who's Harry Singer? And I thought, how can I leverage more people on the planet to do good consistently and authentically? I said, let me go straight to the people that other people think are the world's top elite performers, achievers, and find the ones that are doing good consistently and authentically. And that's what I've been doing. I've been interviewing these guys, and it's, you know, they, they actually communicate exactly what I said. You know, these are top professional footballers, top business owners, top pop stars. And they're like literally saying, all that, it's great. But this little bit where they were giving and they were doing and they didn't tell anybody about it was the stuff. Mm. Because Robin Williams comes to mind, you know, the guy that had everything, Mr. Funny. Yeah. Took his life because he thought he wasn't funny anymore. I know. He wasn't aware that he had Parkinson's and things like this, but for him, it was like, there's nothing left with my game. So what I want to do is I want to, I want to help that community of elite performers to make sure that they use their true core legacy, find their voice, and then get them to serve other people. And from my selfish standpoint, leverage their platforms to really show what it means to authentically serve and do it consistently. So, you know, COVID has allowed me to come back with so much more clarity around my own vision, but clarity of where I'm at. So that was a long way to get around there, but I appreciate no, the question. It's a beautiful, as a beautiful answer, mate, and, uh, and, a, and a great answer. And thank you for sharing it. I really appreciate that. I mean, you and I both share a, a passion to end homelessness. I mean, you know, if, when I was bankrupt, if it wasn't for my mum and her little spare room, uh, I could have been couch surfing or sleeping under a bridge. Um, and that was a massive reality check from someone who had a top 10 hit and was DJing around the world at Ministry of Sound yeah. and everything else, you know. Yeah. And so that that was a, a, a real a turning point for me. And I volunteered a lot for Crisis at Christmas, you know, when I was turning my life around. Uh, and we have spoken about that before. And I assure you, I assure you, we will be speaking about that again because, uh, you know, I want to help people. Um, never, never hit that skid row, you know. So it's really important. I know you do that already. So, um, so just to wrap it up, mate, tell us, tell people where they can uh, meet you uh, or where they can reach you on social media. Where's the best platforms? I think social media, the, the free that I always stuck with is Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So I think with Facebook and Instagram, no, Facebook, yeah, Facebook and Instagram, it's Harry Singer Official. And then I think LinkedIn is just Harry Singer, all, they're all lowercase and things like that. So yeah, feel free to send it. But make sure everybody remembers the name Singer is as in S-I-N-G-H-A, not E-R. Right? So, yeah, yeah. As in the beer, people like to say. Singer so, beer, yeah. yeah, okay. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. That's it. That's where they can follow my journey and again. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it's it's great. It's a great journey, Harry. It's a great journey. You know, you share it well. Uh, you inspire other people. Um, just watching you that day in front of five thousand people at uh, you know four years ago at uh, at the XL, inspiring people, just connecting that show, making it work. Tony Robbins was there. Kevin Green was there. Uh, there was some fantastic speakers on that bill, uh, and I'm very grateful to my wife Emma for buying me a ticket that day for my birthday, uh, and for us sitting at the back just to observe it all because um, I knew, having studied Bob Proctor, Tony Robbins. I knew that this was a path that I, I could get on and I could help people uh, ultimately. Uh, and, and, you know, you've helped me in that journey as well now. And we've become friends despite the 
red blue divide between us of Chelsea and Arsenal yeah. um, you know despite that we've become good friends and uh, you know I, I appreciate everything that you do mate because um, it, it's powerful stuff and uh, yeah I thank you for for being a part of this this interview uh, and appearing here on on the Life Room Mixed uh, uh, platform because uh, yeah the, the people need to hear your message mate yeah my pleasure and I think it's important that people realise and it's an opportunity for me to say it's you know you started off as someone in an audience you had that persistence to reach out, to come and connect with me. Mm. And then I had the pleasure of, you know, you being a client and being a mentor and mm. then watching you fly. And now as brothers, as business partners and collaborators, but the key bit is like, you know, we are, we're service leaders at heart. So, you know, my, my message is always like keep serving. And mm -hmm. so I'm proud that, you know, through life remix that you're continuing to do it. And you know what it is? It's, I'm excited. The, the, the journey continues. Um, and, you know, we'll just keep, as long as we're serving, as long as we're making that difference, it's a great journey, like you said. We're just warming up, mate. <laughs> the dreamings. We're just, yeah, we're, we're, we're just getting going. We're just getting going. Harry, mate, listen, thank you so much. Uh, that's absolutely brilliant. And, uh, yeah, uh, I look forward to connecting with you again really soon, mate. Thank you. Mark Wilkinson here, author of Life Remixed. Are you currently feeling stuck in your life with nowhere to go? Then it's definitely time to remix your life. The book is out now on Amazon across the world. It's been endorsed by Bob Proctor and Marcy Scheimer from The Secret, as well as some wonderful, wonderful people. You can also log on to markwilkinsonofficial.com. Sign up, stay updated. We can help you take control of your life. Big, big love. Life Remixed.